Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. people that sacrificed their lives that fought in the wars went where we didn't have to go and did what we didn't have to do they did it for us they had one life amen and they spent it to serve the cause of freedom we should be thankful for that. Somebody say, "Amen." How many is thankful for the sacrifices that those men and women have made? Amen. Amen. They deserve to be honored. They deserve to be honored and remembered. Somebody say, "Amen." This is the weekend. just folks that have fought in the armed forces, that's a huge sacrifice, but family members that have gone before and those uh, ones that have impacted our lives. And, and uh, I miss my, my family members that have gone and passed away. It's a time to remember. Somebody say amen. Ezekiel 36 take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give 
and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Praise the Lord. Luke 24. 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. In that moment, there was an understanding that came unto them that they did not have before. A complete understanding of the scriptures that were written concerning him and the law and all that needed to be fulfilled. They were Jews. They grew up learning the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. But when Jesus came and fulfilled the scriptures, amen, he opened their understanding that they might completely understand who he was. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ, or it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Amen. Somebody say amen. It's the command of Jesus to his disciples. And we call that the Great Commission. Amen. Before you do anything, go to Jerusalem and tarry for the promise and wait for the promise. Somebody say, wait for the promise. So they went to Jerusalem. They waited for the promise. Ten days. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Somebody say each of them. That's an individual experience. They were together as a group. But there was an individual experience with God. Somebody say amen. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. How many of them? And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. I'm going to talk to you this morning on this subject, the Pentecost experience. Amen. The Pentecost experience. Why don't you lay your Bibles down 
this morning and just lift your hands to the Lord right where you're at. Ask the Lord to speak to you. Come on, lift your voice unto God. I know you stood for a little while. Lift your hand, lift your voice to the Lord. God, speak to me this, this morning, God. Come on. Say what needs to be said. Come on, pray to the Lord this morning. Lift your voices. Help the preacher today. Let your anointing flow in this house, God. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Lord, it's not going to be because of intellectualism. It's not going to be because of man's wisdom or man's ability, but by the operation of your spirit will your will be done. God, we declare it and we claim it right now in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. He's God. The Pentecostal experience. I've been asked a lot over the years, what is Pentecost? They may have been asked that. What, what is Pentecostal? Amen. Folks call us Pentecostals. Amen. What is Pentecostal? What does it mean? What does it stand for? Amen. Back in the day, uh, my, I used to sit and listen to my grandma tell stories about experiences that she had in the presence of the Lord in church and sit and listen to my dad tell stories about things that happened when the Holy Ghost began to move and and the Pentecostal churches uh, back then, the Pentecostal church back then uh, was looked down upon. Amen. It's uh, uh, Pentecostalism has emerged in the world today as a, uh, a viable religion because people are noticing and and experiencing the presence of God and the experience of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so as as more and more people experience the, the gift of the Holy Ghost and the outpouring of the Spirit in their life, it becomes a little more acceptable. Somebody say amen. Uh, but back then it was the church on the other side of the tracks. Come on. It was the church uh, down in that part of town. Amen. Uh, there, was a, uh, there was a time when when there was a closeness to the outpouring of the Spirit of God and only certain people were open to, amen, that experience. And and so I just want to tell you at the outset of this message, in order for this experience to, 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 uh, to be performed in your life or you to have it, you have to be open to it, amen. You have to be willing to receive the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen, amen. And so... Uh, it's it's kind of been looked down upon, and I'm not sure that that it's been it's been given its 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 right due, amen. Over the over the years, but uh, in the day and time that we're living in, this experience is becoming more and more prevalent. 
Come on, because the Bible says, uh, I will pour out, Jesus, God said, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will pour out on all flesh of my spirit. Amen. And how many know that there's an outpouring of the spirit of God that's happening across our nation and across the world today? Why don't we clap our hands and thank God for the outpouring of his spirit. Amen. Uh, what, what is Pentecost? What, what does it mean? What does it stand for? Uh, I'm going to teach you a little bit today, and then we're going we're gonna to preach and we're going to pray. Somebody say amen. amen. Pentecost means the 50th day. That's what it means. Uh, it means if you look up the, the word penta, or it means 50. And so Pentecost means the, the 50th day. Amen. It represented the second of three great feasts, Jewish feasts, celebrated at Jerusalem. It's called Shavat. Shavat is the name of the feast. Amen. It's, it's Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. Amen. And it was representative of uh, the harvest. It was a recognition initially of the harvest that that, that the harvest had come in. It was a recognition of the first fruits. How many know that, 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 that the Passover was also a representation of the first fruits and then Pentecost was a representation of the end of the harvest, right? It was, it was, it was, uh, it was done after Passover, 50 days after Passover. Amen. Passover was, was the feast commemorating the experience in Egypt when God's people were in bondage. And how many know that the death angel, stay with me, passed over Egypt. Amen. He told, God told Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not. And so the, the, the last of the plagues that came upon Egypt was the death angel passed over Egypt. Amen. But God gave Moses insight. He said, you need to take a lamb and you need to slay the lamb. Amen. You need to take the blood of the lamb and smear it on the doorposts of your house. Amen. Take the lamb and eat the lamb. Come on. How many know the, 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 the Passover was about more than just the blood? It was about the bread too. It was about eating the lamb. That lamb getting down on the inside of us. Amen. And he said, when I see the blood... I'll pass over you, right? And so as the death angel swept through Egypt, all the houses that had the blood on the doorposts, amen, representing the obedience to God's word and the blood of that spotless lamb, come on, that would take away the sins of the world. When the death angel passed through, it passed over every house that had the blood. But every house that did not have the blood, the firstborn son of that house was slain, amen, and there was a great cry that went up out of Egypt, amen, in the middle of the night when the parents woke up and the, the firstborn son of every Egyptian was dead, but all of the children of the Hebrews who put their trust in the blood was still alive. There's power in the blood, amen. There's power in the blood, and we know as the Christian church of the 21st century that that blood of the lamb is talking about the blood of Jesus Christ, that sinless and spotless lamb that was sent to take away the sin of the whole world. Is anybody thankful for the blood of Jesus? Come on, clap your hands if you're thankful for the blood of Jesus. Amen. 
There's power in the blood. There's no sin so great that the blood can't cover it. Come on. There's no mistake so great that the blood can't wash it away. There's no, there's no failure too big for the blood. There's no addiction too big. Come on. There's no sin too great for the blood of Jesus Christ. It reaches to the highest mountains and it flows to the lowest valleys. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. All the blood of Jesus. Clap your hands to the Lord and thank God for his blood. Amen. We know that Jesus was killed on Passover. He was. Passover. How many know that he went and he pre they prepared Passover so he could eat Passover with his disciples? Come on. And that night they came to the Garden of Gethsemane and they arrested him to put him on trial so that they might crucify him. How many know that he was that Passover lamb? His blood was the blood that was put on the doorpost. His blood is the blood that protects and washes and cleanses and sets free. So every year they would commemorate Passover. But when Jesus came and ate that last Passover, come on, they call it the last supper, but I believe it to be the first supper. Amen. Because it was the first time that he said, this is my body that's broken for you. Take, eat. Come on. As he took the bread and he broke the bread and he gave them eat. He said, take, eat. This is my body that's broken for you. And then he took the cup of wine, which is the representation of the blood of the New Testament. And he said, this is the cup of my blood. Come on. That is a representation of the covenant that I'm writing in my own blood. This take and do in remembrance of me. What was he doing? He was saying that feast of Passover that we set in order those many, many years ago that was not put in place so you could just eat a regular natural lamb and eat leavened bread. That was put in place so you would recognize the lamb of God when he was killed for the sins of the whole world. Come on, if you wanna, if you want eternal life, you gotta eat of that bread and you have to drink of that blood. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto God except through him. How many know it's through the cross that Jesus made a way into the holiest of holies? We have access to the Father because of the sacrifice of the Son. Somebody say amen. The Lamb. fulfillment of the Passover feast. Somebody say amen. Pentecost followed Passover. Pentecost was 50 days after Passover, representing the 50th day. Amen. It was a, it was a, a commemoration of the first fruits. Passover was. How many know Jesus was the first fruit? Come on, the, the firstborn son, firstborn of all creation, the Bible says. Amen. He might not have been born 
first in number and chronologically, but understand that when he created the worlds, he did it through Jesus Christ. Come on. Everything that he planned to do through Jesus Christ was what he created the world to be. Come on. All things were made by him and for him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Amen. How many know that he declared the ending from the beginning? The Bible tells me that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And so from the time that he founded the worlds through his word, it was it, he was the lamb slain. It was already the plan purposed to be done the way that God had said. He's the firstborn of every creature. Amen. How many know that the Passover was a representation of the first fruits? Amen. But the Pentecost was a representation of the first fruits of the Spirit of God. Amen. Not only that, but 50 days after they came out of Egypt, stay with me. They came out of Egypt after the, 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 the firstborn son was slain. Pharaoh said, get out of here. Right? He sent them out into the wilderness. They're running for their lives. Come on. And his chariots are coming after him. God parts the Red Sea, kills Pharaoh's army. I don't have time to tell the whole story. And they cross over onto dry, dry ground. Right? Set them free from Egypt. Fifty days after, God calls Moses to the mountain. All right? Amen. Not only was, was Pentecost given for representation of the harvest, it was also a commemoration or a remembrance of when God gave Moses the law. God gave Moses the law on Mount Sinai. And Pentecost was a celebration of when God gave Moses the law. Amen. Amen. So as the law came forth to Moses, Moses gave it to the people. Come on. Amen. How many know the law of God is perfect, the Bible says, converting the soul. Amen. If you look, he calls it, Paul called it the perfect law of liberty. Amen. Amen. That, that the law was perfect, converting the soul. Amen. It wasn't just a bunch of rules and laws put in place. Amen. It was a representation of the perfect law of God or the perfect state of God or the perfect state that he, 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 he longed for men to walk in. Amen. But if it's perfect, why is there such a hang up on the law? Man, how many know that anytime there's a law, there's sin? Amen. Because Paul said, by the law came the knowledge of sin. Let me explain that. The, the only way I know that I'm sinful is because of the law. I was just me until I realized there was a law, and when the law, I understood the law, then I became sinful because I saw where my disobedience was. Amen. So when the law came, it showed people their deficiency. Right? This is perfect, and this is where you're at. Come on. When God gave the law, there was a reason for it. Amen. There, there's a, this, is, this is the perfect law of liberty. This is, this is where I long for you to live. This is, this is where I long for you to be. Come on. With me in perfectness. Amen. Amen. But, but, but he's given a perfect law to imperfect people. 
Amen. And so uh, they tried following the law. They tried uh, doing the law. Amen. They tried to fulfill it on their own. Amen. Uh, but 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 every time a year came around, they had to sacrifice another lamb to make up for their shortcomings and their failures and their mistakes. Come on. The atonement for the sins of the whole congregation. I mean, oh, the high priest would go in to, and he would kill that sinless spot, that, that spotless lamb, and it would be a representation of Jesus. Amen. And he would take the blood, and he would go into the holiest of holies, and he would sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat. Amen. And how many know the presence of the Lord would descend upon the mercy seat? Amen. A representation that God was accepting the sacrifice and pushing the sins of the people ahead for another year. Amen. And so even though they wanted to live right, they couldn't live it. Even They wanted to do right. They wanted to be perfect. They wanted to uphold the law, but they couldn't find it in themselves to do exactly the way God wanted them to live. Does anybody know what Amen. This is why people are against the law of God because they they don't think it's possible for them to live it. Amen. But how many know we can't live it in and of ourselves? We can't become it of ourselves. I don't have the power within myself to be good. Amen. And the, 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 the evil that comes out of me, that's me. But the good that comes out of me, that's God. Amen. We have to realize the perfectness of the law. It has the power to convert the soul. Come on. How many know that you can't be good, you can't do right until your soul's converted? you got to realize that you're wrong and realize that you're sinful and understand that the perfect law of liberty can make me right. Come on. It can make me whole. Somebody say amen. And so here's Moses giving the law to people that couldn't keep. They tried, but they couldn't. Amen. And so they began to they began to act like they could do it. They created a religion to act like they were perfect and act like they uh, they created positions and they created hierarchy and they they sat in the high places in the synagogues and they they were basically worshipped and reverenced by the people as the priests of God. Come on, they created a religion to make it look like they were living holy when really the Bible tells us that they were full of dead men's bones. They were whited sepulchers. Did I say it right? My girls got after me for saying sepulcher wrong. What did I call it? Sepulchre. That's hillbilly lingo. Amen. They're whited sepulchers, meaning they cleaned up the outside of the tomb, but on the inside, they're still dead. Amen. In order to, to, to access the law of God and walk aright before God, there has to be a change that takes place on the inside. Come on. On the inside of mankind, there has to be a change. Come on. It's more than about an outward show of, of just putting your hands and doing some works that make it look like you're righteous or make it look like you're you're good. You got to be converted on the inside. You got to be changed on the inside. Somebody say amen. Amen. How I many know we need law? Amen. You show me a, a, a society without any laws, and I'll show you a society without any order. Because law brings order. Amen. Law protects you from yourself. 
and protects other people from you. Somebody say amen. We need law. We should follow the law. Amen. We should reverence the law. The Bible tells us that all power and all authority was put in place by God. Because anarchy, come on, uh, 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 anarchy is not of God. God is not the author of confusion. But when he brought the law, he brought order. Come on. There was now a standard put in place for people to live by. They couldn't live by it in and of themselves. They needed the sacrifice of the lamb in order to get by from year to year. But Pentecost was a representation of the law coming. Come on. It was a representation of the giving of the law. Nobody's understanding yet, but we'll get there. Somebody say amen. So if we go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. Amen. This is God speaking about the Pentecost experience or when the Spirit of God would come. Amen. And he says, the first thing he says, number one, I will take you from among the heathen. Amen. That's the first thing that the Spirit of God does. I will take you from among the heathen. Some of us are saying, just give me a mirror. I'll show you a heathen. What's a heathen? What is it? Untaught of God? No knowledge of God? Right? Uh, unbelievers? People that don't believe in God? Amen. The heathen that worship other gods? Amen. Heathen means my mom used to tell us, you guys quit acting like a bunch of heathens. Anybody else call your parents called them heathens? Basically what they're saying is, would you quit acting like you don't have any, any sense at all? Quit acting like you don't have any law or that you don't know what's right or wrong. Right? I'm going to pull you out from among the heathen. You know the people that he saves, he pulls out of heathenism? Come on. He pulls you out of chaos. He pulls you out of uh, uh, families that don't have any knowledge of God or no sense about God or never been taught the Bible stories. You didn't go to Sunday school as a kid, but he still has the ability to pull you out from among. Amen. That's an operation of the Spirit of God. When God begins to draw people out of the world, he said, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the God, and I will be to you a God and you shall be my people. Come on. How many know that there is a calling out? Come on. There is a separation process. God will pull you out from where you're at and make you different. Come on. But the first thing he's got to do is separate you, get you out of that mess, get you out of that idol idolatry, get you out of the, the sinfulness and the evilness and the wickedness of your past. Somebody say amen. We don't like it. Amen. Uh, sometimes people come in the church and they don't look like us and they don't talk like us and they don't act like us. We have to remember we've, 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 been, we've experienced the power of God, but you just take a walk down memory lane and what you used to be and what you came out of and the condition of your heart before you came to the Lord. Every one of us have a testimony of deliverance and healing in our lives by the power of the Spirit of God. Amen. We cannot lose 
lose the, 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 the hindsight of where we come from. We can't forget what God has done in our lives because the same thing he did for us, he wants to do for them. And the first thing he's going to do is he's going to pull them out of that mess. He picked me up out of the miry clay. He, he picked me up out of a horrible pit and established my goings. Set me on. How many can say when God found me, I was a mess. I was tore up. I was a wreck. My mind was messed up. I was I was chest deep in sin. Couldn't get out myself. But God picked me up and delivered me. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. That should stir us up. It stirred a couple of you up. It should stir all of us up. Man, when he said he picked me up out of the miry clay, has anybody ever been stuck in clay? Got any ditch diggers in the house? I've dug my share of ditches in, the, in my lifetime. When you get down about 24 inches in southeastern Ohio, and you're going to hit clay. Believe me. And when you hit clay, you hit water. Because water don't penetrate the clay. It just kind of sits on top of it. Amen. So you get down in that mess, and you mix the water with the clay. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Start tromping around, and you get deeper and deeper and deeper into that, and then all of a sudden you're like, and you start looking for your buddy. Where's your boot? That's exactly right. That was my next statement. You start pulling and you almost pull your hip out of socket and your boot comes off. And you're like, help. And you try to aim without getting your socks. There's some people that understand what I'm talking about. Amen. You get stuck in that clay and it, it just holds on to you. When you pull it out, it's like, like glue. That's miry clay. You can't get out of it yourself. You can't get out of it yourself. It's when you get stuck that you begin reaching for him. Come on. How many remember the day when you reached for him? You were stuck and you couldn't get out. You were trapped and you had no way. You didn't have any answers, but you began to reach for the Lord and he picked you up out of that mess and he put you on dry ground and gave you a life worth living. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and thank God for his mercy. He can still do it. Come on, he's still doing it today. He can do it for your family. He can do it for your sons and your daughters. He can do it for your aunts and your uncles. He can do it for your grandma and your grandpa. He can do it for who, whosoever will. Let them come and take of the water of life freely. Salvation is for all. Come on, he can do it for them too. Do you believe that this morning? Amen, I'm gonna call you out and I'm gonna bring you to a land Testament, it was Jerusalem. Right? But in the New Testament, it's New Jerusalem. It's the church of the living God. It's New Jerusalem. Somebody say amen. How many know that, that, that the, the 
lamb was married to the bride, and the bride is the church. Amen. The, 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 the land that he's going to bring us into is the church of the living God, the body of Christ. Somebody say amen. He's going to bring you into the church. You can't separate God from his church. Somebody say, we're the church. The church is not a building, it's a people. Come on. It's a people. Somebody say, I'm the church. Amen. It matters if you're in church or not. If you're the church, it matters if you're here or not. Come on. It matters whether you make it to the house of God and worship with your brothers and your sisters. It matters to them, and it matters to God whether or not you're here. Amen. It matters because when you're not here, there is a void in the church, his body. Come on. It, it, it matters. That's why he said, forsake not the assembling of yourself as the manner of some is. We have to realize it's not just about what I can get to the church, but what I can add to the church. Amen. It's not just about meeting my needs. But who can I help? Come on. Who can I encourage? Who can I minister to? Who can God use me to touch today? Somebody say amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell him we need each other. I got I to gotta hasten. I will sprinkle clean. I will sp sprinkle clean water upon you. And you shall be clean. From all of your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. How I many you know that's talking about baptism? Amen. It's talking about the washing away. Come on. The washing by the water of the word. It's talking about the washing of baptism where the sins of your past are remitted. Amen. How many know he said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, which is, means it's as if it never happened. It's the washing away of your sin. Amen. It's the things that you've done in your past and the things that you held to in your past and the things that you valued in your past that when you go to the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, they are separated from you by the blood and by the name of Jesus who gave his life for you? Somebody say amen. Somebody say, I need to be baptized. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a new heart. Amen. I'm going to take away the old heart. And I'm going to give you a new heart. This happens through the operation of the Spirit of God in repentance. Amen. How many know that when the Spirit of God begins to bring you to an altar of repentance and you pour your heart out to God, amen, you are giving your heart to Him. Amen. Your heart is being broken before him. Amen. And when your heart is broken for, before him, then he brings healing to your heart. Amen. He, bring, he puts within you a new heart with, with new desires. He takes the old heart with the old desires and the scars that you had from your past and the abuse and the betrayal and the untrust. Come on. And all the scars and all the callous that has calloused you, all of the failure and the mistakes and the sin will cause your heart to be hardened before God. 
God. Amen. But when you feel the Spirit of God in the congregation of the righteous, how many know what I'm talking about? There's a sensitivity that begins to come back to you. And all of a sudden, that hard heart that didn't want to know the, the law of God and didn't want to be obedient to the law of God begins to melt before the Lord and His presence. Amen. And He begins to put His hands upon a heart that's now pliable. Somebody say amen. How many's ever been hurt? Abused? Betrayed? Come on, talked about, lied about? Amen. How, how many of you have ever failed, made mistakes, sinned, done things that you're not proud of? Come on, done things that you wished that you had never done? Amen. Every time something like that happened, it just added another scar and another layer of callous in before between you and God. And each sin that you committed, you got further and further away from the heart of God and the purpose that he has for your life and the reason that he created you. But one moment in the presence of God, one moment in the presence of all the Almighty, one moment in the love of God and, and understanding the sacrifice that he gave for us can melt years and years of failure and years of disobedience and years of abuse. Come on, it can melt it and it can heal it in the name of Jesus. We don't need more psychology. We don't need a psychiatrist. We need to spend some time in the presence of God. We need to commune with the spirit of God so he can get his hands on our heart and begin to heal the, the brokenness of our past and the callous of our deceitfulness and wickedness. He will he make it new. He will heal it in Jesus' name. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. supposed to trust, all of a sudden they weren't trustworthy anymore. Amen. And they weren't theirs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It can harden your heart uh, towards, towards people, towards relationship. It can harden your heart towards the word of God and the love of God. And you can begin to blame God and say, why did God allow this to happen to me? Or why did God allow these people to do this to me? Or why, why I can't believe that God, if he loved me, why would he allow this to happen? Let me tell you something. He loved you so much that he took your punishment on the cross. He took those stripes on his back for our our sin and our diseases and our infirmities and he took those nine inch nails through his hands and through his feet for us he was totally and completely humiliated because of our shame and our guilt he hung on that cross let me tell you how much he loves you he took it for you come on he experienced it for you so that you can have a new heart so that you can have a new life say a new heart. I'll give you a 
heart of flesh. Now, reading the Word of God, this is really the only place when flesh is mentioned that it's a positive thing. Because we know that the carnality of man, the Word of God calls it our flesh. He's not telling you that He's going to give you that kind of heart. He's saying He's going to give you the heart that He always purposed for you to have. When we were born in the world, this is the heart that I was meant to have heart that God would give me. It's real, Chelsea. It's real. He will give you what you want. And all of a sudden, you start desiring things that you never desired before. And when the thoughts have gone back to those old ways, when you start to think about them, you start feeling guilty. Never felt guilty before. And you can't understand it because God is healing you. Come on, He's given you new desire. He's given you a clean slate. Come on, He's given you, He's restored the sensitivity of your heart where the world had hardened you. This heart that He will give you will be one that's restored to the sensitivity of God and reverence for the things of God. How many want a heart after God? Come on, I don't want my own heart to dominate my path. I want the heart that God will give me. He says, I'll give you my spirit. I'm going to put my spirit within you. I'm going to come and I'm going to take up residence on the inside of I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes. So when the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, it wasn't like every other year of Pentecost, of just celebrating the celebrating the law. It had fully come. Right? The reason that God put the feast, made, made the feast for the men to keep had been revealed completely. The fulfillment of that feast and what it stood for had fully come. Fifty days after Passover, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, Come on, at the time when Moses went into the mount and received the law of God from the presence of the Lord, the disciples, 120 people, went into the upper room and tarried for the promise of the Father. Amen. They tarried to be endued with power from on high. Amen. I'm telling you, this morning, that when the Holy Ghost fell, amen, it was because the Pentecost had fully come. 
The fulfillment had gotten there. Jesus, the Passover lamb, had been crucified. The blood had gotten to the mercy seat in heaven. Come on. How many know that he had been glorified and the price had been paid? Come on. But how many know that it's after the Passover lamb, 50 days after Passover, that the law was given? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there come a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The outpouring. The outpouring of the law. talks about there's a law in our members that wars against the law of God, right? But there's also a law of the spirit of life. Come on, somebody. When Jesus fulfilled the law, overcame the law, come on, he fulfilled it. Every jot, every tittle, come on, every dot and every crossing of the T, every dotting of the I, he fulfilled it from Genesis to Revelation. Come on, how many know he is the fulfillment of the promise? He is the fulfillment of the law of God. When he did it through his spirit, he sent back his spirit, the, the, the ability to overcome the ability. He said, I will write my law upon your heart. I will give you a new spirit and I will write my law upon your heart. Amen. Let's read it. Jeremiah 31, 33. But this is the covenant that I will make with thee, the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and we will be their God, and they shall be my people. 2 Corinthians 3 and 3. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone but in fleshy tables of the heart come on Hebrews 8:10. for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put my law in their minds and write them in their hearts and I will be unto them God and they shall be unto me a people the purpose of the outpouring of the spirit of God was to pour his law into your heart because that spirit that he puts on the inside of you is a law in and of itself. It'll help you to overcome sin. It'll help you to make the right decisions. It'll change you totally and completely. Stay with me all around the building. I'm sweating. Must be a lot here. Lift your hands to the Lord right now and begin to feel after God. The promise has come. The promise is available this morning. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Every person, let your voice out. God, I need you in my life. I need a new heart. I need you to write your law on my heart, Lord. God, I need you to do a work in my life, God. In the name of Jesus. can look at me. I remember when I got serious with the Lord. 
Rebecca and I had been recently married. And we decided that we need to raise our children in the church. She was pregnant with Caleb. And so we began to go to church. church my whole life, sat in the presence of the Lord, and I had moments where the Lord would touch me, draw me to an altar of repentance, and I would begin to weep before Him, as I truly was sorry. get up from that altar and I would go back and I would still be the person and since I couldn't live it I never went to church really I was only 19 19, 20, 21 until I was about 25 we started to presence I saw my inability my failure the places God I don't, I'm not even worthy to stand here I'm not worthy to that's the way I felt I'm not worthy to be in your presence I'm, I'm not worthy to feel this I'm not worthy and there was a part of me that I would weep but resist it begin to do a work on my heart, James. He began to restore the sensitivity, heal the wounds, come on, answer the questions. There was a moment, he was in revival, and I was praying for the Holy Ghost. It was there, but I refused to speak it. I could see the words. I could see the words. It was almost like a, a script. I could see the words that God was wanting me to speak in my mind, but I refused to speak them. I was scared. I left church that night. I was on my way to work. I had to work midnight shift. I went to revival and I had to work that night. Man. And as I was on my way to work, the glory of the Lord filled that car that I was driving. I just began to speak those words. And when I did, I didn't even understand what the words meant. It wasn't English. 
the Spirit. And when I did, the fountain on the inside of me opened up and there was a flood of God's love that I'd never felt before. There was a fulfillment. There was a completeness that filled my innermost being that I cannot explain with words. I prayed in tongues all the way to work. The glory of the Lord had touched my life. From that moment, I was different. The changes that I couldn't make myself The obedience that I couldn't follow myself. On the desires that I didn't have in and of myself, all of a sudden, they were there. My life began to change. Day after day, choice after choice. I couldn't really understand it. Why do I feel this way? This is so different from any way I've ever felt. I went to church my whole life. began to write his law on my heart. We're sitting in the car one night talking, Beck and I, after revival service. We're talking about what the Lord's doing and the message and what the Lord's saying to us. And I, I just began to quote scripture. I don't believe it was ever inside of me. Come on, let's come to help me, to strengthen me, to empower me. Amen. I started I started having convictions about things that I'd never even read in the Bible. Amen. God began to deal with me in prayer about things that I was doing and things that I was watching and things that I was saying and I was like, man, what's that? And then I would I would be reading my Bible and I would read it. the Spirit of God speaks Bible. Come on. The Spirit of God will make you holy. It is the Holy Spirit. It'll change you. You can't serve God without God. Somebody say amen. It's by His Spirit, saith the Lord. It's by His Spirit. I want to tell you this morning, if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen, you have repented of your sin, you may have been baptized in Jesus' name, but if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you need it. Because it is the resurrection power. He's death, the burial, and the resurrection. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift 
the Holy Ghost. For the promise, it's unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Is he done calling people? Then he's not done pouring out his spirit. spilled out into the street after they all received the Holy Ghost. There was people in Jerusalem because it was the Feast of Pentecost and uh, there was crowds of people and they're speaking in other languages and the power of God is upon them and these people are looking at them like, man, these guys are drunk. They're pointing at them, laughing at them, scoffing at them, saying they're, they're drunk. They've had too much to drink. And Peter stood up with the 11 and he said, these are not drunk as you suppose but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. On, on, on your servants and on the handmaids will I pour out of my spirit in that day. Somebody say all flesh. open up this altar this morning. If you want the Holy Ghost, you've never received it, I want you to come and stand in the front right here and I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord and just begin to pray. We're going to sing just for a moment. If you want the Holy Ghost, you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, I want you to come this morning. I want you to stand in the altar if you want it. If you don't want it, you stay where you're at. But if you want it, if you're open to what the Lord wants to do in your life, you can come and stand before the, the altar right now in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. We're going to sing for a moment. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.